Welcome back to another episode of Wisp Pro Sports. This is episode 6. Today is Monday, September 23rd. The Brewers are definitely in the playoffs. The Packers are 3-0. The Bucks aren't doing anything, but that's okay. There's still plenty between the Packers and Bucks or Brewers to talk about this week. Um, it was a really just, I mean, we're in a great time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. And it has been like that for two or three weeks now. Pretty pretty ideal time for me to start a podcast because this is a lot of fun. I'm sure it'll get it'll be more downtimes in the future, but right now I'm having a great time doing this because all I have to do is talk about winning. So without any more preamble, right into the Packer game on Sunday. The Packers won on Sunday, 27 to 16. That puts them at three and zero now. Uh, the not the only undefeated team in the division, but still number one as the Lions did win. Uh, but they had a tie game the week one, so they are 2-0-1. So while they're undefeated, the Packers still hold the lead in the division only three weeks into a 16-game season. Broncos fall to 0-3, so uh, just from those the records, clearly one the Packers really wanted to, to win there. That's You just got to have those hand-me hand me games. The game started out awesome. Uh, I think that first drive is what we all expect from Packer football watching Rodgers hard count into a free play. That's just something, personally, I've missed so, so much. I saw a video on Twitter this morning that kind of summarized that drive. I think it was five or six plays. Rodgers went with the with a green 18, green 18 set hut about five times in a row. And that sixth time, he kind of exaggerated at the end, like green 18, green 18, green 18 kind of thing. Uh, kind of Kind of got the defense running a little early and uh notably Bradley Chubb and Von Miller two of the best defenders in the league and two of the best definitely on the Broncos defense they both jumped and not only does that obviously create a free play for the offense but that kind of takes out the two best rushers from that play or at least gives them a significant disadvantage as when they're jumping over they're clearly stopping Rodgers will snap it and as he's snapping it they're trying to backpedal to get back onside that takes a second then for them to get progress going forward again another second and by then the offensive line has had time to form their their ring around Rodgers and Rodgers didn't even need that much time MVS is pretty quick his biggest MVS this year has pretty much only been a deep threat his hands have been kind of rough so far but on that play that's what we needed he got beyond the corner he got past the safeties and a free play turned into a great touchdown in the first three minutes of the game one that Packers fans missed so much after that it was kind of a little bit downhill from there Philip Lindsay had quite the game he didn't have anything major uh in terms of like breakout runs or anything uh but those six seven yard gangs sometimes getting those 10 12 those really add up and he had two of those in the game um after that first touchdown Philip Lindsay scored and tied up Crosby Mason Crossbar got that next field goal McManus came back 10-10, kind of boring. Did get that touchdown with two minutes uh, left before the half, Aaron Jones. And then Aaron Jones came back with another one uh, to start the third quarter. So once we got to 24-10, I finally was able to kind of breathe. Uh, our defense looked good enough that they could hold a 14-point lead with less than a half to go. And they proved that they could as the Broncos only scored one more touchdown. Didn't get uh, the extra point on that. And a Crosby field goal was all that was left for the 27-16 to score. 
Now, looking at the Packers stats, Aaron Rodgers had a pretty average day, 17 for 29, 235 yards, a touchdown and no interceptions. He still is without interception this year. That's something I think we can all expect to last a while. Uh, QBR is 75.4, uh, a rating of 96.2. So again, QB rating is out of 100. Rating is out of 158, I believe, 158 point something. So pretty okay day nothing crazy from the guy but we don't need anything crazy we just need wins the running game uh that was kind of interesting we've seen already a lot this year the splitting of snaps between jamal williams and aaron jones williams had the much better day on sunday williams with 12 carries for 59 yards while aaron jones only had 10 for 19 uh so yeah williams with five yards average per carry and Jones with only two yards, but Jones did have the two touchdowns. So overall 77 rushing yards. That's not, not great. I guess it was a pretty even distribution too, between um, pass and, and rush rush is only about seven less. We just didn't have that many plays overall. Our time of possession was pretty down compared to the way Broncos are moving the ball. Um, so hopefully that's something that LaFleur can try and work in a little bit more to see if he can get um, some runs. Because there were a lot of, it just seemed like a lot of plays that just didn't run the way that he had intended to. And that just kind of comes with the growing pains of a new offense, a new system, only three games into a season. But again, getting through these issues at 3-0 is way better than doing it at 2-1, 1-2, or 0-3. So we can live with that. Moving on to the receiving. Really, Packers fans have seemed only receptive to Devontae Adams. Everybody else, they are kind of thinking nobody fully fills a wide receiver two role. And while that's kind of hard to argue right now, I would say that a combination of them can. And I think we also have to be patient and expect that they will improve. Because again, Devontae Adams, when we had him, I don't think anybody expected for him to be what he is now. And he's an insane player. So. MVS had six catches for 100 yards. Devontae, four for 56. Danny Vitale even shows up on here as the third leading receiver with tied with Jamal Williams for 27 yards. If you remember, Vitale had that wheel route and where he got tackled at, I believe, the half-yard line, like inches, inches from scoring. He did go on Twitter afterwards, if you missed that. Um, I believe it was also Monday morning this morning and said, do I do I choose to go in, or do I get uh, the fullback assist, which is just kind of a funny made-up stat from Barstool Sports, part of my take. Um, so Danny Vitale definitely embodies the fullback role, and to see him get a 27-yard wheel route uh, will probably be the playmaking highlight of his season. Uh, but the rest of the team only kind of got one in there. Tanyan got on there. Aaron Jones only one catch. Jamal Williams only two. I was kind of hoping by week three we would have more screen passes, uh, but it seemed any time we tried something like a screen pass or actually tried a screen pass, it just kind of fell apart on us. Uh, the blockers didn't get to where they needed to be in time. It was just kind of a mess, so there's still a lot to improve on on the offensive side, um, but luckily 3-0 to do it. Now to talk about what I think is the more exciting part of the Packers, and I don't know if anybody's been able to say that in a decade. The Packers' defense looks definitely real. 
obviously uh they still gave up 16 points but they basically won this game for the packers they got to flacco six times sacked him for 52 yards 52 yards of sacks on only six sacks uh, they only had a total of 161 pass yards and a total of 310 overall. They lost two fumbles. They had a total of three turnovers. Even though the Packers had twice as many penalties, it really didn't matter. The Packers were an absolute juggernaut, and it has a lot to do with people we didn't even have last year. I would say, aside from Jair, who has only been here two years, uh, pretty much everybody that's brand new this year has made a major impact. Zadarius Smith might be our best defender. I guess it's hard to compare Jair and Zadarius. Obviously, very different positions on the defensive side. But Zadarius had two sacks and three quarterback hits. Preston Smith had three sacks and a forced fumble. And Rashawn Gary, the rookie, had a sack and a recovered fumble, both first for him. I believe Preston Smith is already at four and a half sacks this year. Him or Zadarius. It's just an unreal number to be at through three games. Um, I, it's just something you have to talk about almost individually. So that Jair play on Noah Fant, I believe that's how you say his name, of uh, Noah Fant being somebody that a lot of Packers fans thought very high of highly of uh for this year's draft obviously didn't uh went to the broncos instead jair made him look like an absolute fool went straight for the ball after fant made a move towards kenny clark where he seemed very surprised he went towards jair jair basically all went all ball on the tackle fant was not ready turnover we scored points on that both of the fumble recoveries that the packers had we scored points on like that's 14 basically free points for the offense uh, one of them started at like the five, I believe. They had five yards to go. And the other one was at like the 37, the one where Jair took it. So I say the whole offense has to has to thank the defense a lot for what they did because the pressure on Flacco was crazy. Really, the only thing they were able to do is get those little chunky yards, which was really just annoying. But that's something that seems, I guess, the Packers haven't, in my recent memory, if they had that problem and only that problem, I would be ecstatic. And I am because we usually just can't tackle, leave a lot of soft spots in the coverage deep. And that's just something I haven't seen really yet. Obviously there's uh, lapses in judgment and stuff. Kevin King has had kind of a hard time so far, but he's still only 13 games into his NFL career. I'd say the defense is looking. I I'm just really excited about the defense. If I'm being honest, I don't know if there is a better defense in the league and Easily top five. And if we have a top five defense and Aaron Rodgers on offense with a new coaching system, I don't care that it's a new coaching system. We should have very high expectations right now for the Packers. So quickly looking ahead, we the Packers will have their second Thursday night game of the season already. Kind of weird, but that's just the way it is. So short week, we'll play the Eagles on Thursday. The Eagles just played a tough game against Detroit. I was really hoping that game with Detroit would help me kind of tell um, for both of the teams, honestly, if either of them are even good. And I think the Eagles are good. I think they're real. 
I think they're playoff team at least, but I also don't know that. And given with how the Packers have looked so far, I think we should be able to expect a win from that. They do have quite the offensive weapons. Deshaun Jackson is back. Aguilar, um, Alshon Jeffrey. They are banged up. Their wide receiver core is pretty banged up. Um, uh, but they still have Carson Wentz, who is healthy, healthy so far this year. They're just an okay team. I think they're a good team. I wouldn't be, I guess, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat Green Bay at Lambeau. But I wouldn't expect it. I think we will hold down the home fort for the third week in a row. Go through a quarter of the season undefeated. And I think we'll be feeling good going into our extended uh, break. Uh, but that's that's really all I want to talk about with the Packers. 3-0, short week. Let's get to the Brewers who are red hot. And, I mean, just just the most exciting team in sports right now. These darn Brewers, man, they, uh, I think, episode two of this podcast, they pretty much had me fully out um, around, like, I think it was, like, September 6th. We were, like, five games back, the wild card, seven and a half or something like that crazy from the top wild card spot in the Nationals division just completely, like, everything just seemed to be falling apart. I just, it doesn't even make sense. This is why... Sports are the best because you can have a tiny city team like the Milwaukee Brewers have to compete with one of the bigger organizations in sports in the Chicago Cubs. And I mean, St. Louis Cardinals aren't big, big, but uh, they did have to compete with them and Washington Nationals. A lot of firepower for a little team like the Brewers to have to deal with without Christian Yelich and with a pretty significant deficit. Here we are. If you're not aware of the standings currently, the Brewers are, before Monday games have started, tied for the top wildcard spot, four games ahead of the closest team to the second wildcard spot, which uh, it would be the Cubs four games down, um, tied with the Nationals for wildcard spot, and still three games back of the division lead. Let's just do a quick rundown for how this kind of has all come about since last week. So the Brewers went 6-1 and one last week. They've played 18 straight days until today, and they won pretty much all of them, basically. I think they won 15 of them. I mean, that's just crazy to win 18 straight games in September at the end of your year. When, like last year, I believe, I think the last six Thursdays we had off. So pretty crazy difference. Um the Nationals have, I guess, okay, quick overall view of it. Four-game lead. We pretty much have the wild card on lock right now. We're, that's just crazy to think about, but we're not just competing for it. We pretty much have it. I don't think the Cubs, the way they've looked, are going to do it. Because the Cubs, if you're paying attention to them, I have been, because it's been a lot of fun. If you're a Chicago hater like I am, they have lost six straight at home. In the last five, been by one single run. And just to talk about two specifics to kind of give you the turmoil that the Chicago fans have had to face. Saturday against the Cardinals. And again, this is this was a huge four-game series that the Cubs just had with the Cardinals Thursday through Sunday. 
They lost the first two. Coming into um, Saturday, top nine. Cubs are home, so top nine. Cardinals are batting. The the Cubs put in Craig Kimbrell. So all he has to do is get three outs. They win a game. That's it. Very first pitch to Yadier Molina, who has eight home runs on the year, gets his ninth. Very first pitch. Ties the game up in the ninth. Very next pitch to Matt Carpenter, who I don't know how many home runs he has, but it's not much more than Molina. Rips it. Exact same spot. Both balls were fastballs, uh, higher in the zone. Both of them just absolutely destroyed to left field. Kimbrell comes in, throws two pitches, completely blow this game. They lose 9-8. Sunday, we come back. They are up 2-1. Castellanos hit a bomb in the seventh as Castellanos has pretty much been the only bright spot for the Cubs lately. They also lose 3-2 in that game because they just can't they just can't keep it together at the end. The Cubs' absolute downfall has been, it's just been total op- polar opposite of what the Brewers have faced. Where they go 6-1 and one in a week, the Cubs lose six in a row. So they went 1-6. and six. Unreal, honestly. So Cubs are basically out of the picture, not something we're worrying about. We are worried about the Nationals. And the good thing with the Nationals, there's good and bad news here. Good news is we're tied with them. We hold the tiebreaker. So if we were to tie at the end of the season, we would be able to host that one wildcard game. Bad news, possibly bad news, is they have two more games than us. So if they win both, they will get that game. It's kind of like a free game to have up on us if they can get both of them. If they split it, obviously, they come back to where they are now. The hard part with that is that with those two games, that means in these next four days, um, so today, Monday to Thursday, they have to play five games, whereas the Brewers have today, Monday off, and they'll start a three-game series with the Pirates. That is very... I think the Brewers are in a great position to to really make up some... to pot, to just outright have that spot, because hosting that wildcard game would mean so much to Milwaukee, and I think that gives us so much better chance to win. I think we could still win it on the road with how hot we are. I don't think anybody can take that away from us. But playing at Miller Park for that one playoff game would be awesome. Because after that, we get into the five-game series where we get to host maybe a couple games. Now we're really talking some good stuff. All right, that's enough about standings and other teams. Let's talk about just a little bit about where the Brewers are at right now. So it's been a lot of bullpen pitching, uh, like we've seen in past years. A lot of short starts. I think, I don't remember the exact stat, but I think in all of September, we have had two starts where the pitcher, the starting pitcher threw six innings, and I think four where the pitcher threw five innings. And, I mean, that's not something that's going to be able to be sustained after this year, as rosters next season will be shrunk in September from 40 to 28. Um, But nevertheless... It's working right now, and it's working fantastically. We have pitchers that are just kind of starting to get back into the flow of things in Brandon Woodruff and Brent Suter, just trying to get their pitching arms back, see if Freddie can get a couple of useful innings in here and there as he was having a hard time for a while. And overall, the pitching has been great. So since last podcast, we had a seven-game homestand, four with the uh, the Padres, excuse me, where we went three and one and Pittsburgh, where we went 3-0. and In those combined games, in those 63 innings, 
six earned runs. That's a .86 ERA, .86. And the opponent batting average out of those 221 at-bats in the last week, 158. If you had one pitcher put up those numbers, you would, I mean, that's that's the Cy Young. You just hand it to him for a whole team to do that for a whole week when it's absolutely necessary, when you have to, when your team you're competing with for that wild card spot is losing, you have to win your games, no matter who the opponent is, even though the opponent's much easier than the Cubs was, you have to win it. It's baseball still. Everybody's professional. And the Brewers just showed that they are the utmost professionals. The it's just it was just awesome to see. It's just every single guy that Craig Council threw in there, figure out how to hit their spots, even when the defense is having a tough time. Keston here, man, that guy frustrates me still. But it seems every time he makes a mistake, he makes up for it with a home run. All of those things just combined have made the Brewers just kind of a juggernaut. And I think when we run into tougher teams like the Braves and the Dodgers that will all kind of fall apart, sadly. And that that's just kind of something that's going to happen. It's whatever. I don't think we're the team that we are last year. I think everybody knows that. But to be a playoff team is pretty much – it's it's the next best thing, especially when your team was down. You're a small market. You're competing with huge market teams, and you're able to put it together the way you have without your MVP. It's just something that – us Wisconsin fans, I don't think we can take for granted because Craig Council is doing a great job. And I am just I'm really excited to watch October baseball again when I didn't think I was going to be able to. And I full fully 100% would be unreal heartbroken if that didn't happen with our last series being against Sorry, I said the Pirates early, it's the Reds and then the Rockies. Two teams under 500, the Rockies are absolute trash. And even then, the Cubs and Cardinals have to play three more games. I see no way we don't make the playoffs. I just can't wait. Let's just enjoy this next week of hopefully another run of six straight wins to end the season. And let's just get to the playoffs as healthy as we can at this point. Now that uh, each team has been touched uh, base on, I think we can wrap up episode six of Wisc Pro Sports. Uh, One more week of baseball left, and then we can get into playoffs Sunday. Next Sunday, the very last Brewers game, just so everybody is aware. Packers will play Thursday. The Bucks season is about one month away. Very excited for that for all. That'd be real cool if all teams were playing at that point, but I wouldn't expect it. Either way, just enjoy the last month of the Brewers season because who knows if, the, or the last week, who knows if they'll have another week um, left to play. And uh, go Pack, go.